Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. I think we can all agree that efforts should be made to support keeping animal species from going extinct. Almost all of us agree with that. Uh huh. But what if they could revive an extinct species using genetic science? Only a quarter want scientists to attempt to bring back extinct animals. Yeah, I don't... Uh, that's kind of a little bit of playing God on that one, isn't it? Like, what are they so. going to bring it back? Dinosaurs? Well, it, it, do they not see Jurassic Park? I was going to say. It's a problem. Uh, when people are asked about what kind of animals they'd like to see come back, the giant tortoise is at the top of the list. Okay. Yeah, and you just don't know what you're going to get when they come back. Right. I mean, they might be pissed. Right. <laughs> you wiped us out, and now you want us back? <laughs> to live in a zoo. Yeah. The passenger pigeon shows up on the list. Okay. The northern white rhinoceros. The dodo bird. Hmm. The Caribbean monk seal. The Tasmanian tiger. The giant sloth. Now, I would vote for that one. Right. The woolly mammoth. And the saber-toothed tiger. Yeah, see, that one... <clears throat> You know, you're going to breed these saber-toothed tigers, mm. and then what are you going to do? No, right, they're going to... Are gonna... they like a vicious killer? I would say they have a saber-tooth. Right. Only one in ten people want scientists to bring back the dinosaurs. Gotcha. Yeah, no, we don't want any of that trouble. I guess that's where you see celebrities like uh, I think Barbara Streisand has done this and others, where they've taken the DNA of their dog, and they've had it frozen or kept in whatever mm-hmm. form... And they're looking into when that dog dies, making a replica of it. Yeah. You know, so you can keep living with the same dog That's forever. the other day, someone being uh, asked about that. or They they had cloned a pet, mm. like cloned a cat. They actually had done it. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, and it's, a, and it's a, a new pet. It's not like it's not like you clone it and it instantly comes out and recognizes you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's, yeah. it's very odd. Well, I guess it's born a pup, like it comes out as a puppy, right? right yeah. I, and because it's got the DNA of the other dog, does it have all the same personality traits? Like, I guess that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a lot of the same traits. Yeah. It'd be some disappointing you spend all that money and the first dog was loving and giving and the other one's aloof. <laughs> <laughs> Something went wrong. He's just crapping all over your house. Yeah. This isn't my puppy. Anyhow. Yeah. I, you know, it's possible, right? Look, all of this research is really terrific, and I I think it's important to do. But can we try to keep, like, the human race from going into extinction? (laughs) Because it seems that's where we're heading right now. Mick Jagger was asked, who is the future of rock and roll? Now, he is probably the elder statesman, him and McCartney at this stage of the game. Right. True elder statesman of rock and roll. So if Mick Jagger... As an opinion on this, we should probably take it into consideration. Who do you think Mick Jagger sees as the future of rock and roll? Uh, well, I mean, I will say the, the Rolling Stones handpick their opening talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are very uh, you know, aware and sensitive to it. And they, they put a lot of effort into it. And I know the Glorious Sons have opened for the Rolling Stones, I believe, on a couple of occasions. Now. That's very true. So, you know. Uh, that would be an amazing nod, and I I would not disagree with that. I don't think that's probably what he would name in in when asked in in a major publication. Though. No, he did not. But it is a good one, and I do know that Keith Richards has spoken of the Glorious Sons. And you're right; they are big fans. Right, they do like them. But no, this uh, this answer is going to make some people cringe.
and others might agree. Uh-oh. Mick Jagger believes the future of rock and roll is a guy like Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Uh. He says that kind of post-punk vibe makes me think there's still a bit of life in rock and roll. Hmm. So... That's where he stands. Because Machine Gun Kelly, we, we see it from listeners. He's very very polarizing. Yes, very you much know, so. You either really dig him or, or not at all. Well, and, and some people can't get past the look and the antics. And that's right. always kind of been a, a problem, right? Mm. Like there are some people who would just, you know, maybe dismiss things like the Ramones or uh, the Sex Pistols. Right. Because of the antics and the look, right? And, yep. you know, just didn't fit what their vision of rock music was, and so didn't like it. And so I think there's some people who probably have that effect with Machine Gun Kelly. And then you have Motley Crue in the 80s and that look. Right, And yeah. everybody was fine with yeah. that. <laughs> uh, Bill Murray, you know, this is one of these stories where it feels great to me because others have been called out on this, but... You know, he's an old man, and I know that's not an excuse, but he's, you know, so many of us love him that we, we want to give him some leeway. I, okay, here's what's going on. So he's in this movie. He's starring in a movie called Being Mortal, and it's uh, Aziz Ansari's first big directing gig. Okay. This guy can't catch a break. Right, don't Remember, you? know, he, he had almost, his own issues. He there. got called out. Well, uh, they've had to shut down the movie. Uh, they've halted production. Because there's been some complaints. Some women on set say he was very hands-on and touchy. Not in any personal areas, but he put his arm around a woman, touched her hair, gently pulled her ponytail, always in a very comedic way. You know, the way Bill Murray is. Right. Now, it's a fine line. Everybody loves Bill. But while his conduct is not illegal, some women felt uncomfortable and that he had crossed a line. Another source says Bill loves women and loves to flirt. He enjoys poetry and romance. He's always flirting, but it's always very much couched in comedy. It isn't clear if he has crossed a line or where Bill's at in all of this. Right. So are we, is an arm around a shoulder in a a teasing way? Is it too much now? I guess we've just got to be hands off. Well, yes. Uh, you know, and, and it depends, I guess, on, on you know whether or not the flirting is mutual, right? Right. If there's some mutual flirting going on, then it can progress because mm-hmm. that's how relationships work. That's right. But and, and I think we need to you know slow the roll here. That you know this this they don't shut productions down because someone put their arm on someone right. or 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 you know glanced a glare. You know, if this th- there's a legitimate reason. For shutting down a production of yeah, a movie maybe like something's this, being covered and then up. maybe it's it's more than just uh, you know in a comedic fashion. You know these women have taken it to this level, and you know I, I think for them to to come forward and report is a big issue. And, yeah. and that's that was what that Me Too movement wasn't about. Is that hey, if you're made to feel uncomfortable by someone or their advances or actions, then you should be able to speak freely about it and and not have, be forced to hold back. If there's been enough of it and it's reached a certain level where, you know, they have HR departments in movie uh, production companies. Yeah. So if they've launched it to the point that they need to shut down production, then there's a reason for that. Other celebrities, of course, are chiming in. Alec Baldwin says, I've seen worse. Yeah, right. <laughs> Will Smith has gone to India. Why don't you just go to a lawyer's office and wrap up that wedding or that marriage of yours? Uh, There's no official word on the reason for the trip, but a source says he's meeting with a spiritual leader. Okay. Will and family spent time there with this guy, 
back in 2020. Will flew to Mumbai on Saturday, and the paparazzi was waiting for him. He was all smiles. And he Can't do posed. a Zoom call or something like that? And I guess not. Got to be right there in person. Okay. Then he slapped all the paparazzi. <laughs> right. Um, maybe, maybe he got out of the U.S. to avoid Chris Rock's mother, Rose, because Rose is not happy. She says, when Will slapped Chris, he slapped all of us, but oh. he really slapped me. And I see that. Well, you know, I mean, you hurt my child, you hurt me. Moms are going to protect their boy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, when asked what she would say to Will if she was face to face with him, she'd just say, "What in the world were you thinking?" She said she's really proud of Chris for the way he dealt with the slap, and he thinks Will should have lost his Oscar. And yeah, the more you look, I mean, the fact that like it is amazing how well Chris held his ground. Oh yeah. You know, imagine if he had to hit him and like he'd fallen down or got hurt or yeah, it was a big slap. It, well, and again, I I think the way he reacted uh, with <laughs> you know you there was a second. Where you saw Chris Rock go, oh, I could kick, I, mm. I could, I could eat you alive right mm. now with, with comedy. my words, yeah. Uh, and and I, but I won't go there. The way he reserved, mm-hmm. I thought was absolutely incredible because he caught himself. Mm-hmm. Right? What he did exactly what Will Smith didn't do, mm-hmm. right? Caught himself, realized the moment, realized what probably should be done and went ahead and did what he was supposed to do yeah there will come a day too chris rock is so smart and if you've never seen any of his stand-up he's he's brilliant and i think there will come a day when he's going to lay it all out on the line oh yeah i think he's just oh yeah figuring out how to well, maybe in the it. back of his mind right there he, he was smart enough to go no i'm not going to do this here mm. i'll wait and have netflix pay me a billion dollars right. <laughs> to do this yeah. special i'm getting a payday out of this <laughs> maybe uh what's the um the Indian goddess with the multiple arms. Maybe he went there to learn how to slap people multiple times. Well, I think I'm going to sign up for a college in Utah. Utah, here I come. The Westminster College in Salt Lake City, Utah. Right. Is offering a course on pornographic studies. <laughs> Mom and Dad, write a check. <laughs> Oh, your son's a professor. Oh, yeah? <laughs> What's he teaching? Mm-hmm. Porn. The course description, now remember this is the state, so the right. course description claims hardcore pornography is as American as apple pie <laughs> and more popular than Sunday night football. And I probably wouldn't disagree with no. that. I'll bet you you porn numbers are higher streaming right. than people watching Sunday night Don't football. Don't pick apple pie, though. We've seen American pie. <laughs> It says people who take the class will watch pornographic films together and then discuss the sexualization of race, class, and gender as an art form. Some people want them to cut the course, of course, but the college won't back down. That's very interesting because colleges are very woke and aware. Right, yeah. They say it's a valid topic and there's even a whole academic journal called Porn Studies. At least 14 students all over 18 have signed up for the class so far. Only? I would expect a lot to. Well, again, if mommy and daddy are picking up the tab, right? How do you explain to them over Sunday dinner? Right. Well, you know, just just leave that course out. You say I'm taking a psychology. It's a psych course. <laughs> <laughs> now, since I never went to university, and maybe it's different in the states, 
So could that be your major, and then you would have things around that? Probably not. It would okay. probably be that you're studying, like, psychology. That right. would fall under. Okay. Uh, like, I took a course uh, at university. I was taking some psychology courses. I took an abnormal psychology, it was called. Okay. And it was basically studying serial killers. It right. explains a lot of my Netflix history right now. <laughs> um, but it, And it was an interesting course, too, because, mm. you know, you're talking about serial killers and rapists and, and uh, you know, People with just abnormal brain function sure. or desires, uh, and and studying you know what those thought patterns were and how the the, the science had acknowledged it, uh, how treating it, um, but you know as a dude in that course, mm. it's a very uncomfortable setting because you're looking around. And I bet every girl is looking at you, going, "This is all you." Like like basically. You know, most serial killers were dudes. Yep. And, you know, serial rapists were dudes. And it was, um, you know, in, in that prison environment, too, in Kingston, where I went to school, mm-hmm. it was pretty crazy. There's a few of them there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd imagine, like, those, if you take this porn class at this whatever college in the States, uh, I'd imagine, you know, some people will take it to study the material. Mm-hmm. Some just want to sit in that class and watch the reactions of people who are watching these <laughs> things. I'd be sitting in that class and waiting to see what film we're watching today. And like, oh, damn, I already saw this one. I know how this ends. <laughs> if you can make it, you should watch the 12th minute. It's pretty good. Bill Maher had a great bit uh, partway through uh, Real Time on Friday where he said, I'm really fed up with YouTube giving away all of the porn, like giving away the whole plot line. Oh, right. And then he would show like... Uh, Large Asian woman runs the boss and secures a promotion. I gotta tell you, you know what would be the downside? Well, of that porn class, yeah, is that you couldn't go to the bathroom during that class. You don't want to be the guy who gets up and runs to the bathroom in the middle of the act. Yeah, you just pull, you, you pull a Pee Wee Herman. Just take care of it right there. Yeah, and I guess too, you're right with that uh, psychology class because not a not a great place for flirting. No, like at end of class, you couldn't oh, turn yeah. to Sally and say, "Hey, oh, grab a drink." She's a gorgeous girl. We just, we just talked about rapists for the last hour. <laughs> want to help me move the couch in the back of my van? <laughs> Urinals in homes seems to be uh, becoming a thing now. You'll see it lots of times on like HGTV shows or in some custom homes. Sometimes we're in vacation rentals. So they'll have a, a urinal in the bathroom. Um, and I guess, it's, of course, obviously, it's for men. But I'm, I'm really not sure, outside of lifting the toilet seat, what more of a convenience a urinal is for a guy. Right. I mean, it's still a, a splatter machine. You right. know, when you're when you're clean in the bathroom. It doesn't, a urinal doesn't stop dudes from spraying all over the place, just like we, we do I standing up. maybe it's closer to. Like it's a it's a closer target, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's not. No, it's still spraying. Yeah, back. spraying. Yeah, you know. And uh, of course, when asked, men many say, "Yeah, I'd love a urinal in my bathroom," and most of the women in their life say, "No, we don't need that." Right. I will once again share because I think it's important to keep this message out there, fellas. If you haven't experimented yet, and it took me a long time to come around to this. But when I finally started to experiment with the sit-down pee, <laughs> I have not turned back. Really? I love it. Now, if I'm out at, uh, like, a bar, restaurant, oh, I'll, no, I'll yeah. still stand up because I don't want to go through the hassle of making sure the toilet seat is clean and all that. But in my own home or in a hotel room or, or whatever the case may be, here at work, I will sit for the pee. And I'll tell you why more than anything. Well, two reasons. One, 
you avoid making a complete disaster around the toilet bowl right. for someone else to clean up or even you if you pull out a mop every now and then. And number two, you get the surprise poop every now and then. <laughs> And it's all all of a sudden you could be having a bad day. Things are going wrong. You sit down for a quick pee, and it gives you a second. You know, you also can ponder the world and sit there for a moment. And all of a sudden you go, "Oh, wait a second! A surprise poop! It is a brand new day." Okay, I'll take you, your word for it. Try it out. Try, now I was uh, I was probably into my forties or so before I really. And Maria used to be on to me. She goes, "I got a house full of penises here, and you guys are destroying the bathroom. Why can't the three of you sit and pee?" Right. And we just yeah 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 forever. I said, "I'm going to try this." Oh, we have that conversation at home because the well, not about the sit down pee, but about the bathrooms. Oh yeah, because the boys. They, they, it's amazing. They, they just, don't care. They really don't care. No. It's not even about just spraying. It's like you can't get them to just lift the seat sometimes. Yeah. So then it looks like a, a bathroom stall at a gas station. Right. No, I'm, I'm telling you. Fellas, I know you shake your head. Lucky's shaking his head too. But I'm telling you, it's the way of the future. <laughs> you're going to try it. You're cold. I'm shaking my head. I can't believe we're talking about sit down bees. Yeah. I'm feeling the fellas are probably thinking the same thing. No, listen. It, it'll save your marriage. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll help your colon. On the line, Ted Reader for Holinda's Meats. There he is. Mr. Reader, you're on the other end of the phone, but I can smell the grill through the phone. <laughs> it's already on at the at Casa Reader. I thought of you yesterday uh, because my son had gone out and bought some stripped pork belly. He was trying a dish. I can't quite remember what the dish was. So uh, Maybe a carbonara, perhaps. Um, which would include that or pancetta or whatever, but he was going with the pork belly. Uh, didn't really work out the way he wanted it to. So we had three or four strips left, and I was making homemade uh, burgers last night, and I said, well, grab those strips, let's throw it on the grill, and then we'll include them with the burger. I was shocked after we cooked them on the grill because they had zero taste, like no salt. And I just thought they looked like bacon. I know... Well, you can explain to us what the difference is between bacon and pork belly. But is pork belly something you have to salt, Ted? Um, it, it, it's nice to salt it, season okay. it. Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, <clears throat> what I think he, he bought a, a tray pack of, of strips of pork belly. Yes. So they were maybe a quarter inch thick. Something like regular bacon kind of thing, right? Like regular bacon, yeah, and so it has it, it's it's just pork, it's just mm. raw pork, and so you need to season it with whatever you want to season it with. You could put salt and pepper on it. You can just do uh, you can do a bone dust rub on it. You can do anything you want with it, but um, it needs to get cooked, and mm. it takes a little bit of time sometimes to do it. At the joint with us, we take a whole pork belly, we'll brine it in apple cider uh, for twenty four hours. Then it goes out into the barrel smoker, and we smoke it with apple wood until it hits a, an internal temperature of uh, somewhere in the range of about 195 to 200 degrees. That's mm. a long, long, slow smoke, like you were doing a brisket. Okay. Wow. You want it to be super, super tender. And then we cool it, we cube it, and then we deep fry it, and you have pork belly burnt ends. Ted, if you're going to buy some of this pork belly, I mean, you, you really have to get by the look of, of fat, right? Like, it's got a massive uh, fat cap on it, on, on the top of it sometimes, and, it, and you're looking at, like, basically what looks like a block of bacon, but you must have to treat that differently. Do you score the top of that fat, or, or what's what's the key to buying this? 
Um, if, if the rind is on on the pork belly, um, a, a thing that, that, that we do, and I, I actually learned this from a chef friend of mine, Michael Olson, he takes a mixture of salt, equal parts salt, and uh, baking powder. Oh. And you mix the two together. You take a very sharp knife and you, you know, so if you buy a chunk of pork belly, let's say it's eight by eight inch square. Right. You score the rind to open it up. You take this salt and uh, baking powder mixture and you rub it on and you put it in the fridge. Rub it all over the place and get it into the cuts on the top of the rind and put it in the fridge for 24 hours to, to air dry. And then you brush all that salt and baking powder mixture off and you go about cooking it. You can roast it in the oven. Mm. Again, you want to take it up to anywhere between 190 and 205 degrees until it renders a lot of that fat and it becomes really, really tender. And the, the rind on the top will get extremely, extremely crispy. Mm. Now, and that's, you, the, that's the easiest way to do it. Now, would you, if you had this, this big hunk of the pork belly and you roasted it or you grilled it, smoked it, would you serve it up like in slabs, like a, like a, like a piece of steak or pork chop? Or, or would it yeah. be thin, uh, thinly sliced for sandwiches or something? It, it's uh, either way you want to do it. Okay. Either way you want to do it. A nice piece of it. You think of it just as a pork belly roast okay. at that point. Right? right. Yeah, okay. So I was yeah. just I was just surprised because it looked like cured meat like bacon does. And I just assumed, well, it must have been pre-salted if it's cured. But it literally had zero flavor. I was so surprised. No, it was just straight pork. Yeah. Straight up pork, yeah. Now you got to season it up, put some stuff on it, render it the fat. And let it cook so that the meat gets nice and tender. Right. With regular streaky bacon that you buy in the grocery store, mm -hmm. that bacon is, one, it's it's needled or injected with a mixture of salt and water and a few other things in there to help cure it. Right. And when they inject it, they also tenderize it, right? Okay. Because yeah. you've got all these needles going into that belly to pump it up with some moisture. And then they go through a, a, a cool smoke. And it picks up that smoke, then the bellies are chilled, then the bellies are sliced on a machine, and you get sliced bacon that you fry. And it's mm -hmm. nice and thin, and it cooks up beautifully. And as we all agree, bacon is the greatest meat, <laughs> even vegetarians. I have a vegetarian in my house, and whenever we cook bacon, she says it's the one meat that could bring her back over to, uh, to being a carnivore. I tell you, we need get her up to the joint, and we'll fix yeah. that girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just get her up there. We'll, right. we'll, I mean, we 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 got your son. He was a vegetarian right. when he came to the joint. Yep. Then he had a triple cheeseburger and left. <laughs> you cured him of that rather quickly. <sighs> Such a necessary evil. You know? <laughs> All right, we'll do it. We'll uh, we'll make a guarantee by the fall. Ariel, uh, my daughter's, uh, my son's uh, girlfriend, will be fully back. Uh, dining on the steak, chicken, and other sort of goodies. Teddy, if people want to talk to you about the joint, and you're open soon, right? Not far off now. Uh, we're coming down the line, uh, trying to shoot for May 5th, but okay. it'll probably end up being May uh, May 12th for the restaurant. But uh, golf should be opening up uh, end of this week for us at uh, El Dorado Golf Club and the Joint Barbecue. Excellent. We'll come and see you, and we will sit outside on your new bar around the rig. You can eat inside once again. So life is looking good, Teddy, at the joint. Uh, it's feeling pretty good out there. Uh, love the view. Love the animals that walk around. We got our live chickens having some fun. And it's always about beer, barbecue, and golf. Beautiful. Teddy, how can people get a hold of you? 
you're going to find us at Ted Grills or at Ted Reader Barbecue, the joint. Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.